We kind of ran way over on the bullshit. That's all right. Are we about ready? Yeah, I think we got to get going on this one. This 41, right? Yeah, I'm gonna say yeah, it's, it's, I'm 41. Gonna say it's 41. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of 4:30 in the morning. This is your boy Ben, and Pat is back as well. 41, man. Yep, episode 41. You guys should be excited for this one. It's gonna be a good one. I've got no saying or whatever for 41. <laughs> we're kind of at we're kind of past that point where we got like a funny saying, like 41 episodes. Holy shit, it's a lot, man. Anyways, uh. Creeping up on a whole year. Almost. Been doing this. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Anyways, we had a couple good episodes I hit recently. You know, the Aliens Part 6. I was one, or Was it Part 6 or Part 5? It, it was, was Part, part five. 5. Part 5, Part yeah. 5. That one was very well received. You know, Tim texted me and he said that that was his favorite episode yet. No shit. So, thank you, Tim. Thanks, I appreciate Tim. We gotta appreciate him. He's one of our most loyal listeners, so. Definitely. Anyways, uh, you got any news today, sir? Yeah, I have three news stories today. Oh, you got three? Okay. I have three. So, this is from Pat's favorite. NPR, my first one. Oh no. A small Florida town accidentally sold its water tower for $55,000. You know, I saw this one. I saw this one like a little while ago, like maybe a week <laughs> ago. Yeah. When business owner Bobby Reed approached the Brooksville City Council about purchasing a municipal building at the base of the small Florida city's water tower, he didn't expect the water tower to come with it. Rediscovered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the. <laughs> Rediscovered the mistake after the property had been sold to him for 55000 The certified personal trader intended to turn the building, which various city departments used for storage, into personal training studio named Downtown Athletics. But when he went to the county property appraiser's office to get an address for his new business, the county told him he'd receive much more than the building, several thousand gallons more. <laughs> oh my goodness. That, oh, that's that hilarious. crazy. That is so funny. Now, we see that a lot where like the zoning gets messed up and they yeah. actually sell a parcel of land. I think that's what happened. The surprise purchase boiled down to a mix-up over legal description for the property. Mark Cutney, the Brooksville city manager, says the building Reed wanted to buy was never split off from the parent property where the water tower is based. Even though city leaders were aware it's supposed to be, city code allows properties to be split one time from their parent parcel, Cutney said. So yeah, it was basically just a screw-up. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh shit! I got this now, water tower now. <laughs> are all my question is: Are all sales final? I don't know, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and I saw that one. It was it was probably maybe maybe last week. I think I saw that one. So funny. That's hilarious. All right, now I'm gonna get into. Are you done with that one? Yep. I'm gonna get into a different one, and this one I found right before I showed up today. This is one of several reasons why I was late to the studio. Now this one is from CNN.com, and it's out of Seoul, South Korea. Okay. Pizza for Italy and Dracula for Romania. South Korean broadcaster apologizes for inexcusable Olympic mistake. That's what the headline reads. Now, it's a really weird headline. So, apparently, during the opening Olympic trials or whatever, like the Olympic ceremony, I, don't think, I think it's called the opening ceremony. Mm-hmm. You know how the countries kind of march off? Did you ever watch that on NBC? <sighs> I might have watched it during okay. the Beijing ones. Yeah. But I don't, I never watched it again after My that. My parents always watched it. And I, it was kind of cool watching the athletes come out, but only the summer ones because I only knew, like, I knew the basketball players, I guess. Yeah. And it was kind of weird. Speaking about basketball, they're terrible. The USA yeah, team is oh terrible. Lord. I could get into that. I could do an entire episode on that team. But um, so what South Korea was doing during its national broadcast of the Olympics, and apparently their their channel is called MBC. <laughs> I don't know what that what that even stands for. I'm not sure. But they were doing like facts about the country, like as the country was walking out. <laughs> so you heard that headline: "Pizza for Italy and Dracula for Romania." That's going to kind of allude to what they were 
were doing. For example, when Haiti walked out, they had a caption posted on the screen that read, The political situation is fogged by the assassination of the president. <laughs> that is their comment on Haiti. So that's what so that's what they displayed on their screen, on their broadcast screen, as the Haitian athletes were walking out on the screen. <laughs> they were doing little facts about the country. So then when Syria walked out, the caption read, Rich underground resources, a civil war that has been going on for 10 years. <laughs> now it gets more ridiculous. Oh, this is hilarious. So are you familiar with the Marshall Islands out in the Pacific? I don't know if you're familiar. They're way out. They're like very isolated. Yeah. This one reads, Once a nuclear test site for the u.s and then when ukraine walked out guess what they had on the screen what they had images of chernobyl <laughs> <laughs> just think about this for a second Dude, they're just roasting everybody exactly and then when italy showed up the broadcaster pulled up an image of the pizza <laughs> For Norway, it was a salmon fillet. An image of Dracula was used for Team Romania. <laughs> like, why? Like, who who planned this? I don't know. Who this set is, this up? This is bizarre. And then when Team El Salvador walked out, they had a picture of Bitcoin because Bitcoin's legal tender in El Salvador. It's it's the funniest shit. So then somebody tweeted off to South Korea was tweeting like. NBC, wow. How would it be if South Korea was introduced as the country of the Seawall Ferry Disaster? I don't know if you remember that where the ferry boat sank and a lot of people died. Yeah, okay. Think about that. So they were just, just putting so up random shit. There's a roast in everybody. And what's funny, too, is that uh, NBC is usually the Olympic coverage channel of the Olympics. And we've talked about that before on the show. Yeah. But uh, NBC had a map of China up, and it was an incomplete map, and it didn't have Taiwan on it. <laughs> So there, there's another controversy for you. That's so funny. Anyways, I just thought that one was hilarious. I found that one right before I got to the studio. That is so. That is hilarious. So they're just putting up whatever they got. They're just putting got. up whatever the hell they got. So I thought that one was pretty good. It's Anyways, so you said you got, what, a couple more news stories? Yeah. Okay, sounds good. So this is another one from NPR. Oh, no. Police say a cicada is responsible for a car crash in Ohio. Cincinnati police said a cicada is responsible for a single car crash in the city's East End neighborhood Monday morning. Or an evening. While the driver sustained minor injuries, the cicada was not as fortunate and was found dead on the car's floorboard. Dude, that's a bad accident. <laughs> like, you hit a pole. The because cicada, of the cicada? Car- yeah. And the cicada was a casualty? That's hilarious. Yeah. Cicada flew through an open window and hit the driver's face, causing him to crash into a utility pole and total the car, according to a tweet by the Cincinnati Police Department. Swarms of brood ex cicadas have emerged in vast portions of the eastern United States awakening from their 17-year underground slumber to mate. Although cicadas have one of the longest lifespans of any insects, they die shortly after mating, and brood ex-adults are expected to be gone by the end of July until the next cycle. Yeah, I heard about that coming up. How unlucky can you be? Just a big-ass cicada flies through your window, and you end up hitting a pole. That's a a bad day. You know, that's the kind of thing that would happen to me, and I usually dry with my windows down, so... And we'll we'll, we'll post the these news stories to, to the Facebook page. Yes, we're gonna and, have all those up this week, and we'll you'll see the the picture of this car that got that got hit. It's pretty yeah, bad. It's, it's pretty not, rough. It's not good. <laughs> it's not gonna be driving anytime soon. That's for sure. 
Anyway, that's, that's pretty all. I, that's all I got for that one. So a cicada causes a yep. car crash. Yep. And the cicada did not survive. Nope, it did that's not. That's not good. Anyways, I got my second one, and this is the only other one I have this week. Well, this one's a little bit different from the average news story that I cover. Uh, this one's out of Australia. Please tell me it's not the same one you have. Mm-mm. Okay, cool. There's a lot going on with this one, so it's gonna be a little bit in depth. Sure. Now the headline comes from theguardian.com, and I found this on a couple of different websites, but the Guardian was the source that I used for this for my research on this article. The headline reads. UTS professor Diane Jolly found guilty of sending herself threatening letters. <laughs> now, according to the article, Jolly admitted drafting one letter herself after she was caught on CCTV shortly before her arrest in November of 2019. Now, there's a lot going on with this one, and I'm going to break down the entire case because that's just a headline. This is a UTS professor, which is the University of Technology Sydney, is what that college is officially called. Mm-hmm. So it's an Australian university. It's a pretty big school. It's like got like 45,000 kids or that's something. It's big. It's pretty big. It would be like in the top probably the top 20 in the United States, at least. Yeah, definitely. So top 10. a major school. And this Diane Jolly was the dean of science at this university. So that's a pretty big position. I'm assuming science is probably like a college within the university. So it's reasonably big, reasonably powerful position within this university. Sure. What had happened and what prompted all this is back in 2019, she made the decision to cut off the traditional Chinese medicine major at the university. So her reasoning for this was it wasn't a very popular course of study. It didn't do much for the university. There weren't a lot of people enrolled in it. And there were questions as to the merit of traditional Chinese medicine. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not really going to question that in this discussion because I actually think there's actually something to it, at least a little bit to it. The traditional, I know nothing like the ancient Chinese, their medicine ways. Mm -hmm. There's something to it. But she decided that it wasn't worth the resources that they were spending on the university. Which, I mean, you got to do that every once in a while. It's a good argument, you know. So she decided to cut this. This sure. course. As the dean, she, I guess she had the power to do that or the power to at least facilitate that. So what ended up happening was there were some protests. And it wasn't anything crazy, but there were protests going around on the campus about cutting the traditional Chinese. Of course. And of course, it's mostly propagated by people that never would have been taking these this course of study in the first place. Sure. But because people like to find things to complain about, right. they decided to start complaining about it. I don't know how heated these protests got. But it didn't sound like they got as heated as Miss Diane Jolie would, or probably Dr. Diane, <laughs> would make it seem to be, uh, as they didn't get as bad as she would make it out to be. Sure. Between May and November of 2019, she started receiving these threatening letters. And they were all, like, typed out, like, in, like, broken English, like, as if a person that came from China were typing them out. Oh, man. I'm not going to, I was going to read some of them, but I decided to go against it. Sure. But, you know, the broken English that would be... Yes. They were typed out using that vernacular. And they were all found to have, like, linguistic similarities. Sure. Meaning that they came from a single source. <laughs> so, Miss Diane Jolly earned $320,000 a year. And that's Australian dollars, which adds up to roughly... It was like 240 U- or American dollars. Okay. So it was a significant amount. I think the Australian dollar right now is like 74 cents to the United States dollar. Mm-hmm. So you would just subtract 25% from whatever 320 is and get your answer. Right. I think it's 24, like $240,000 is what she was earning American. So that's that's a significant salary. She was shooting for a performance bonus of 40,000 Australian dollars, which would be about 30,000 US. And apparently cutting costs was part of that. So there is financial motivation for her to cut this class. Mm-hmm. Now, she was upset because 
because these protests were going on and, you know, she didn't really feel, she felt like her staff was under threat, even though they weren't. She didn't want to be the bad guy, basically. She didn't want to be what the people were calling her. And she was, she was the bad guy to these protesters, at least, because she cut the course. Now, the whole victim mindset thing going on, obviously. Sure. A person like this doesn't ever want to be the victim, so she decided to make herself the victim. Right. So she started getting these letters, and as I said, they were all in that, whatever, that weird fake Chinese, (laughs) (laughs) which is, and some of them are ridiculous. Like the one called her a Chinese-hating lesbian. Jesus. And just just stuff like that, you know what I mean? Sure. So at one point, she found $2,000 worth of her clothing, like, cut up and, like, stored in her car. And she found another note on her car that said, we know where you live. Hmm. And then what gets really ridiculous is at one point, the university received an envelope with her underwear in it. (laughs) Again, stating, we know where you live, we've been in your house, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So the university took this seriously because they thought she was getting yeah. death threats. Now oh, shit. she was getting death threats because it was she was being portrayed as a racist by herself because she was <laughs> the one that was doing this entire thing. Right. They hired a hundred thousand dollars worth of additional security and put all these insane measures in place to protect her because they thought she was under threat. One of the measures they put in place was a CCTV camera <laughs> that ended up catching her forging a letter. So when they were reviewing that, they were like, hey, you know, what's going on? What's going on here? <laughs> her explanation for why she forged the letter was that she was trying to get fired on purpose. And she figured that if she forged the letter and got caught forging the letter, that she would get oh fired on the God. spot instead of having to resign and face a three month, like, like instead of giving a two week notice in this position, you have to give a three month notice. Mm-hmm. She she was so scared for her family that she decided to forge the letter in a way that she knew was going to get caught in an attempt to get fired immediately so she could leave instead of having to serve out that three-month waiting period because she was so afraid that she was going to get assassinated by these threatening people. That's insane. Now, when they took this case to trial, they found a lot of evidence saying that it was her right and doing this <laughs> the entire time. And right. then they did find her fingerprint on one of the earlier letters, like on the inside of the postage stamp. Uh-huh. So only the person that could have put the postage stamp was on her. it was her. What an idiot. So she got caught red-handed and the crown, I guess in Australia, the crown is like the court. Like in the United States, it's the United States people versus, yeah. in Australia, it's the crown versus her. Mm-hmm. And the crown found her guilty. <laughs> and I didn't get into like what she's getting sentenced with, but she got hit with obviously the whole fabricating death threats thing, which was in significant charges. And then she got hit with like improper deception of financial assets or whatever, mm-hmm. because they spent so much money trying to protect her when it was her doing all this shit the entire time. It was her cutting up her clothes. It was her sending the letters. And again, she was sending these letters herself with this like broken Chinese language. <laughs> and then she sent her own underwear <laughs> to the university. How embarrassing. How the hell do you come up with that how, shit? How embarrassing, man. And I reviewed the case at length. And yeah, it was her the entire time. That is absolutely hilarious. So, Diane Jolly. She's going to have a jolly time in Australian prison. Sure. Yeah, I'm curious uh, how long she got sins for. I couldn't believe that story. Like I started reading that one and I started getting deeper. I was like, oh my God, this is a rabbit hole of chaos. But I had to talk about it. You know what That's I mean? That's a good one. So, That's probably the best news story we've ever had on 4.30 yeah, we'll in the see, morning. We'll see if it comes together in the show as well as it came together in my head. It will. Anyways, do you have any more news today? I do. I have one more. I'll make it quick. This is from Sky News. It's one of our favorites. 
It is. That is. I kind of like that website. I'm not going to lie. Sure. This is out of India. Okay. Head of world's largest family, Ziona Chana, dies, leaving behind 39 wives and 94 children. Holy <laughs> hell. Ziona Chana had 39 wives, 94 children, and 33 grandchildren, all of whom together lived in a four-story pink house with about 100 rooms in Bak Twang and Mizoram State. Okay. The 76-year-old was the leader of a local Christian sect named Chana, founded by his father in 1942 with a current relation with the current membership of hundreds of families ziona married his first wife when he was 17 and claimed he once married 10 women in a year they shared a dormitory near his private bedroom and locals said he liked to have seven or eight of them by his side at all times i don't blame him i mean yeah shit chief minister of mizoram confirmed his death on twitter saying the village of back twain had become a major tourist attraction because of the family. I can imagine. With a total of 167 members, family is the world's largest, according to local media, although this depends on whether you count Mr. China's grandchildren. So, well, I count them. I count them, too. It's part of his family. Now, his kids aren't doing as well, because if you got 90, what is it, like 96 kids and only 30-some grandchildren? Yeah. That's not a good... Well, it depends, you know, what are the ages of all the kids? We don't know that, you know. I guess that is true. How many How many of his kids are too young to have but children? If if he's 76, you start popping him out at 17. The law of averages will say that two-thirds of those kids are of age, at least. Yeah. Yeah, they're not doing as good then. Yeah, so. Uh. Maybe they, did, they didn't want to take on the tradition of their father and having multiple partners. And I multiple guess. Kids. Could you imagine if this, like, colony, if it was the same thing, like, over and over again? So it's, like, one family with, like, 96 kids and then all the 96 kids think kids do the same thing? Does that make any sense? Yeah. That would I mean, be funny. I, I, don't, I don't know what how life is in that in that, uh, in that state, but like, how, what what's his insurance like? Like, what what is he? What are his bills like? I mean, this guy. Yeah, that is a good I mean, question. How does who he feed? How do, paying for all who's this? who's paying for all these kids? Who's paying for all his? I don't want to speculate. I'm sure his older kids have probably jobs and they're yeah. probably pitching in because this is basically like a town at this point. No, you're right. Like this is basically like a village. You're right and about they, that. And they probably have like their own economy and own trading and everything else yeah. with with you know the city in which they live in. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's, that's different. <laughs> there is something going on. There's always something weird going on in the world. Hey, so that one's out of India, right? Yep. Oh, Lord. Well, I guess it explains, it partially explains their population boom. Yeah, no I shit. I think they're going to overtake China by like 2022. Probably. It's coming up close because they're expanding and China's population is, its growth rate is like non-existent right now. Mm. So there's still a lot of people there, but they're not growing. India's is growing exponentially. So I wonder how many families like that are out there. With just shit. He's so the biggest. Years. That's the be, biggest. There could be some with like 93 kids, 92. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. 85, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm thinking if there's one, there's got to be more. Right. You know what I mean? So anyways, is that your, that's your last news story? That's my last one. So are you ready for the main topic today? Yeah. What's the main topic, Pat? And this is your episode today, Ben. Is this my episode? This definitely is. <laughs> the main topic this week is going to be uh, crazy coincidences. Yeah. Interesting coincidences, coincidences that can't easily be explained. So do you have any thoughts on coincidences? coincidences at least i think technology in the future is going to show some type of some type of connection between human beings man because some, some shit is just too unexplainable yeah you're right about that like some type of connection at like the molecular or even like the spiritual level man because there's, there's some weird shit out there that is so unexplainable and you're right about <laughs> that and that's the one thing too when i get into my weird ass alien research it does nothing to dismiss my spiritual beliefs at all right. i don't want to get into that too much on the show but Right. It's like, it's almost more incredible to believe that we're just like random bits of matter that somehow coalesce 
blessed right without the spiritual aspect exactly then, and it's it's interesting and the one thing i want to say about coincidences is when a coincidence fits the narrative of whoever whoever the ruling party is or whoever the ruling group is the coincidence is always used as evidence but when it goes against the narrative the coincidence is just a coincidence exactly you know what i mean yeah and you're gonna see that a lot in a lot of different things where a coincidence oh well that happened so that's evidence right and then oh well you know the coincidence doesn't play in part with your theory on whatever's going on Mm -hmm. oh well that's just a coincidence right you know what i mean sure so this is an interesting topic i think it's a very good topic i don't don't know if my coincidences get that deep but i have some pretty good i have some good ones i've got some and i brought a book along as well so we might have some material but good so i just went i just basically researched what are some of the craziest coincidences that have happened sure some of the craziest shit that is unexplainable so have you ever heard of the comet family yes (laughs) damn it so according to national geographic your odds of being killed by a meteor is one in 1.6 million so the chances of getting hit by a you know by a comet or a meteor pretty low sure you're not you're you're, it's something you're not gonna have to worry about probably for your entire life yeah that's not high on my list of things that i worry about every day right but those odds they just they weren't small enough for for the comet family Because the comets were hit by a comet. And a comet that was flying through space for apparently like 4 billion years that has not touched anything in its path finally lands and its home was the comet family. Yeah. Luckily, nobody was hurt. I think, I'm guessing it, like, probably collided with their house. It's on, according to my research, it hit their house. Yeah. And isn't their house in France somewhere? Yes, it's in France. And we should probably note that Comet, the family, is C-O-M-M-E-T-T-E. Yes. But still, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but now, but what's cool is they got to keep the, the meteor, and now they have in their possession a really rare piece of extraterrestrial yeah. rock, and which is cool. that's one of the coolest things ever. Yeah. And if I were remember correctly that it was a pretty big meteor it was like a size of a golf ball at least or something yeah it's pretty big it's pretty big yeah that's crazy like a comet hits the comet family family. (laughs) i could that is hilarious so that's a coincidence if if i've ever heard about one yep uh the first one i'm gonna do is kind of a funny one well it's a sad one honestly but i'm gonna make it funny sure have you ever heard of james dean the actor yes do you have this one no so james dean the actor knew another actor that we know really well named alec Guinness, who played Obi-Wan Kenobi mm-hmm. in the first, well, I guess the original trilogy. Yep. Now, a quick aside on Alec Guinness. Sir Alec Guinness, he was a knight. Back when my brother Timothy was in eighth grade, he had to do, like, the yearbook survey, like, the end of the eighth grade year, your survey, and they ask you, like, different questions, and they publish everybody's pages in the yearbook or whatever. <sighs> And Tim, one of the questions that Timothy was asked was, who is the most influential person in your life? <laughs> and most people put put either like a parent, a sure. grandparent, an aunt, uncle, maybe a sibling. Yeah. Or maybe a teacher or a friend or somebody that really helped them out. So Tim gets that question. Who is the most <laughs> influential person in your life? Oh, no. And Tim wrote down Sir Alec Guinness. <laughs> I'm going to need to talk to Tim about this because I want to know how he influenced him. My parents. That is so funny. My parents were so pissed. (laughs) 
That's a, that's a good. It's, that's not a bad answer though. Old man Kenobi. Anyways, back to this uh, coincidence. James Dean and Alec Guinness. I don't know if they were working on the movie together or what, but they were together. And James Dean was known for his love of automobiles. Mm-hmm. And they had a Porsche 550 Spider, which I guess was a really fast car back then. And James Dean was talking about driving it and doing some stunts in it and whatever. And this was back before like speed limits were really a thing, so you could get away with driving cars crazy back then. Sure. And Alec Guinness commented. If you get in that car, you're going to be dead within a week, basically, was the comment that Alec Guinness made to James Dean. Right. Seven days later, James Dean crashed that car on September 30th of 1955 and ended up dying in that car crash at age 24. Crazy. And he's a he was a great actor. Like I don't know if you ever seen Rebel Without a Cause. Mm-mm. It's it's a weird movie. It's a I think it's a great movie. It's one of my favorite like old movies. Now the title doesn't make any sense because he's not really a rebel, but he definitely has a cause. <laughs> so why why it's called Rebel Without a Cause doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Uh-huh. But I'll have to watch it though. A lot of people say it's a really creepy Hollywood coincidence that Alec Guinness made that comment. And people knew that he made that comment about James Dean in that car. Well, he would be a, dead within a week. Well, he was a Jedi. I guess. And I he, guess he, you know they can read you know they can look into the future yeah but uh but a week later James Dean died in that car so. That's crazy, man. That's a crazy it's coincidence. It's sad. And he was, he could have been like, he would have been like Jimmy Stewart on steroids, basically, if he had to, if he acted out his whole career. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, and he had a couple of good movies like East of Eden, uh, obviously Rebel Without a Cause, but mm-hmm. it's sad because, again, it is sad. Great yeah. actor, young kid, 1955. He would still be alive today. He'd only be, uh, maybe not, he'd be like 80, 87, 88, man. 89. No, he'd probably be 90 by now, but still. Nowadays, you know, that ain't old. <laughs> he'd, he'd probably be 90 today, but. Yeah. So that's a weird coincidence that Al Guinness made that comment. That's a weird one. So do you have any more? Does he after that, Tim, does he still influence you? I hope not. Did you know that before John Wilkes Booth killed Abraham Lincoln, they have like a family tie, family coincidence? So John Wilkes Booth has has a brother. Yes. And his brother was a stage actor. And but his his brother, he supported the union and their cause to end slavery. Sure. So his name was Edwin. So Edwin, he was at a train station, New Jersey one time, and Lincoln's son, Robert Todd Lincoln was leaning up against a stopped train and he nearly fall he, he nearly fell onto the tracks as the train began to move again and Ed, Edwin grabbed him by the collar just in time wow. before he fell down there yeah saved his life now young Lincoln he recognized the guy because he was a stage actor sure and he wrote about it after you know just to talk about his hero or whatever. sure but um, Edwin he didn't know who he saved until years later wow and um, it's just a weird crazy family coincidence is in the, that. that his brother would go on to kill his dad yeah and what's crazy about that, what's also crazy, is Robert Todd Lincoln would end up being present for two other assassinations. Yeah, I did see this one. <laughs> he was, he, he witnessed Garfield get shot. Yep, and McKinley. Wow. Now, he didn't witness his dad get shot, but he was by his dad's side when he died in the hospital. Yeah. So he, he was basically involved in three, he, you know, he eyewitnessed two, and then he, you know, watched his dad die. So he was involved in three assassinations. Yeah, <laughs> and he ended up living... He was the only one that lived. I think Lincoln had four sons. And I think this was the only one that survived into, like, real adulthood. I'm not sure. I think. Yeah. And then I think he went on and he was, like, involved. Because he would have been young. He was, like, involved in, like, the Spanish-American War or something. Mm. He might have been a secretary. He was a, I think he was a secretary. I think he was in the cabinet for a while. No shit. You know what? Can I look this up? Do we have time? Yeah, go ahead. So I'm just curious right now. Yeah, I just found that crazy how he witnessed two assassinations. That's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. It's unbelievable. Yeah, he was the eldest 
son of President Lincoln and the only one to live to adulthood. He was the United States Secretary of War. Which basically is the Secretary of Defense today. Yeah, well, yes. And it was from 81 to 85 under Garfield and President Chester A. Arthur, who mm. took over after Garfield. So no, it wasn't the Spanish-American War. Have you, have you ever been to Garfield's grave, his mausoleum in Cleveland? No. I've been there. It's really cool. I want to go, though. Yeah, you should. Awesome. We should take a day trip and go. But he lived until 1926, Robert Todd Lincoln. Or is it Robert Todd Lincoln? He lived until 1926. That's when my grandfather was born. Yeah, Robert. <laughs> I didn't realize your grandfather. I knew he was up there. Wow. Yeah, he's up there. <laughs> That's impressive. Yes. That's impressive. Yeah, he's going to be 95 this year. So he could have shared lifetime with Robert Todd Lincoln. He could have. I didn't do the math on that, but. That's insane. Anyways, and he lived He lived through World War One. Could you imagine being born during the Civil War or before the Civil War and like living until seeing World War One? That's insane. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought that that's a good, yeah, that's a good question. That, was a good that wasn't even mine. I'm talking like it's mine. Like <laughs> no, you're good. You're, you know the history. So am I up now? Yeah. Okay. My second one, and I'm kind of I'm kind of playing fast and loose with the term coincidence on this one. This is more of a interesting historical artifact that has some coincidental ties to it. Okay. Now this one is called the Piri Rees map. I don't know if you ever heard of this one before. Uh, repeat that. Piri Rees. And I'm going to spell it out. It's P I R I space. R-E-I-S. Okay. Piri Rees. And it's named after the guy named Piri Rees, who was an <laughs> Ottoman admiral and cartographer back in the 16th century. Okay. Now, this map dates back to 1513, which is only 21 years after Columbus found North America, or America. I think he landed on the Bahamas first. Yep, the Bahamas. So, while only a third of the original map survives today, it is among the earliest maps to accurately depict South America, the South America coastline. However, it also accurately depicts West Africa and the Iberian Peninsula, which it should because the Ottomans were out that far. But it, it accurately depicts the South American coastline, which is kind of weird considering Columbus had only been there 21 years earlier. Mm-hmm. And he was in the Bahamas. Now he did several trips back and forth. But to have that entire coastline mapped is interesting in and of itself. Hmm. And according to Piri Rees, the map was kind of a compilation of older maps that he had access to, including some that Columbus had. Now, none of the Columbus maps that depict this type of thing survived. So if they existed, who knows that it actually existed or not. But this is the only map from that era. And this is over 500 years old now. It's the only map that kind of has that. It's one of the earliest maps that has South America on it. No shit. Now, what they're called, and they can't really explain it because it has things on it that it shouldn't have on it. The most notable one, and the coincidence, and people are calling it a coincidence even though I don't know about this, is it has Antarctica on the map. And my research got a copy of it. So there you go. Now that's going to be very tough to read. And you got to flip it over to get the true effect. You got to hold it horizontally. Other way. Apparently at the bottom is supposed to be the Antarctic coastline. And for those of you listeners, we're going to have this up on the Twitter. Down here is supposed to yeah, be Antarctica? Yeah, it's supposed to be Antarctica. And this is? South America. South America. And you can obviously, you should be able to see Africa and Spain and Portugal. Dude, they were so incredibly smart back then. This is 1513, though. Like, Columbus had only landed in the Bahamas 21 years prior. Mm-hmm. And it's like in like a month and a half to get there. So how they had all this done that quickly is... Yeah, it's insane. It's incredible. And they can't really explain 
how they knew about all this. Right. Now, when it comes to Antarctica, many people are going to kind of fight as if it's actually Antarctica. However, it, it, it depicts something down there. Now, what's really interesting about this and what gives me kind of chills is it doesn't have Antarctica depicted with the ice on it. It has it depicted as if the continent itself was barren of ice because the ice on Antarctica doesn't accurately depict like the land underneath it. And a lot of people don't realize that there's land underneath Antarctica. Mm-hmm. So there's layers and layers and layers and layers of ice upon the continent. And it gives off a different coastline, if you're going to use that word, than what the continent would give off. This map has it as if there wasn't any ice on it. So either they had technology to track what was underneath the ice, and we're talking about kilometers of ice sitting on top of this continent, or the map that was used to source this Piri Rees map dates back 15,000 years or earlier, hmm. which is the one of the estimates as to when Antarctica might have been free of ice to the point where. Yeah. And obviously we don't really know when Antarctica was free of ice. We There's a lot of speculation as to if it was, and it probably was at some point. Sure. But it had to would have had to have been 15,000 years prior to this map popping up. That's so interesting. So I don't know if that's a coincidence or if it's interesting or not. And what's interesting about this map too is it also has the island of Antilia on it, which Antilia was known as a a phantom island back then it was an island rumored to exist but they never actually found it and it was rumored to be like far west of spain and portugal now they never actually found an island that matched the description of the rumors and the folklore that kind of surrounded it mm-hmm. but the map this Wee Rees map also has that on it do you think it could be underwater at this point antilia yeah do you think it's there like you think, you think it's real i don't know about that where it's located makes makes me wonder if it might be like newfoundland or oh, okay nova scotia maybe or one of those up there i don't know what they're called i don't know the canadian islands too well because the vikings went up that way okay before columbus did they were technically the first ones to find north america i wonder if maybe there's a connection with that but it's really weird that this map would have antarctica and antarctica wasn't officially seen or recognized by western people until 1820 now some people would say 1818 it sounds like 1820 was the first time that people actually sailed that far south and saw the ice and again it wasn't really explored until the 19th century and into the 20th century mm-hmm. like we still don't know we just still don't know a whole lot about antarctica it's just some weird continent down there and there is land like only 98 percent of the continent is covered with ice so there is land down there right but nobody knows a whole lot about it it's complete it's so far south and people don't understand how far south it actually is because mm-hmm. you look at it on the map it looks like some big plane basically but the earth is almost more of a potato than it is a sphere mm-hmm. so even though if even on a globe it looks like it's a lot closer to a lot of other stuff than it actually is sure if that makes any sense at all yeah so the fact that this map has it is it a coincidence I don't know. I don't know. It's possible. It could be evidence of extraterrestrial intelligence, though. You know, everything leads to extraterrestrial intelligence. It definitely intelligence. does. It always <laughs> does. So that's an interesting one, the Piri Rees map. It is worth looking up, at least, even if you're into definitely. history or whatever. Yeah, definitely. And there's a lot of questions as to how it could be so accurate. You know what I mean? And it's not perfect. There are parts of it that aren't accurate. Sure. But it's got the South American coastline pretty good. And that would have been, that would have been tough to cartograph back then. Right. You got 21 years to crank that out. That, that would be difficult, even for a good cartographer. Right. So I thought that one was pretty interesting. That was really interesting. So what that else, was a good one. What else do you got today? So have you ever heard of the, it's pretty bizarre, honestly, the twins from Ohio. Have you heard of this one? Yeah, I've heard about this one before. So there are two twins from Piqua, Ohio. They were adopted and they were they never knew about each other. Yep. They were both do- adopted out of Piqua, Ohio. Both of them were named James by their families, okay? Both enjoyed math and carpentry, but they hated spelling. They both had a dog named Toy. They both married a woman named Linda. They both got divorced from that 
uh, Linda. They both remarried a, na- a woman named Betty. They both had sons and named them James Allen. Both worked as a deputy deputy sheriff. Both drove a Chevy and both were chain smokers. These two twins that never knew each other separated at birth. They had the exact same life, just they had different last names. And they both enjoyed uh, carpentry too. Yes, I mentioned that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I actually got that one in my book. Oh, you're good. But yeah, that's that's absolutely insane to me. I saw an interview with them like on an old 60 Minutes, like way back, way back when. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like pretty. Like that's what I was saying earlier in the beginning of the episode when I said that technology is gonna come up, <clears throat> is gonna um, uh, they're they're gonna find some type of connection between human beings, man. Because how does that happen? Yeah, it's that. Like that I get one. The, I get their twins, and we already know like certain twins, you know, connect different than normal siblings yeah but why is that like what is that like what is that about how does that happen yeah and they would have been born right around like 1940 I, they don't have an exact date so yeah in my research but still that's same 1940 was the only day i saw okay that's crazy how about and that's just like down to the the names the dog the everything it's, it's absolutely almost insane. like like i can't even process that as fact like in my head, right. that that's just like that's just a goofy story that you'd read in some tabloid or something, right? But obviously, unreal. Obviously, it happened, <laughs> and my book from 1982 has it <laughs> included as well. So that's a good one. And I thought about covering that one. I thought it might be maybe it's not as well known as I thought it was, but that's maybe a good not. one. I think that's a good one. It's a really good one. And the what was the name of those guys again? The one guy was named uh, uh, James Springer, and yep. the other one was named uh, I forget Jim Lewis. Jim. Lewis, yep. So, yeah, that one's creepy. Like, creepy so as far weird. as I'm concerned. Like, something has to explain that. We just, yeah. don't, we just don't know it yet. Now, obviously, coincidence has happened, but that's just... That's too much. There's too much. <laughs> and I'm going to get my last one in here real quick. Sure. There's too much to this one, too. And I almost saved this one for one of our Aliens episodes. Sure. But I'm going to hold off, because this one fits the coincidence discussion pretty well. And these, we're going to talk about them as coincidences, even though I don't think they're coincidences. I think there's a purpose behind this. <laughs> Are you familiar with the moon? Yes. Our lunar... <laughs> celestial body yes do you have this one no so there are a lot of coincidences with the moon sure now the thing that needs to be understood and don't let anybody tell you differently and science is starting to swing back to the fact that they don't know what the moon is a lot of people that think they're smarter than they are will try to tell you how the moon came to be they don't know they have competing theories out there but they do not know sure one of the reasons why they don't know is that moon rocks that have been gathered have been like carbon dated and tested to see how old they are. Mm-hmm. A lot of them date back, or mo- I think all of them date back to like 5.3 billion years old, which is a full billion years older than the estimates as to how old the Earth is. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people would argue that the moon is remnants of the Earth and that an asteroid hit the Pacific Ocean and dug a whole lot of material off and a coalesced in the moon. Mm-hmm. If that were to be the case, it would be carbon dating out to the same age as the Earth. Right. Like logically speaking. So the moon is older than the Earth, which is weird to think about. That's weird. Next, dust, lunar dust found on rocks that were brought back were a billion years older than the rocks itself. So the dust is even older than these older rocks that's older than the Earth. You know what I mean? Now, how how accurate are these tests? Accurate enough to be included in the books that I use. <laughs> like, they always talk about carbon dating, but do we really, like, are they accurate? I don't know if they're accurate up to a billion years, but a lot of tests out there that are saying that the rocks are older than the moon. Okay. There's nothing that's saying that it's younger or the same age. Sure. I'm, I'm just talking it, like, in general. Yeah, and in general, carbon dating is is it's not perfect now people are going to try again they're going to try to say that it's perfect it's not perfect 
you can like how do we know how old anything is we don't <laughs> there is no there is no test there is no test to determine there's, there's this nothing. for sure there's nothing it's estimations right and it's all based on like factoring beyond a certain point so you can test th- two things that you know for sure are a certain age and then just kind of build beyond that mm-hmm. so it, it is it's not perfect but still it's weird that it might be bigger older than the earth you know what i mean right now when we get into coincidences obviously people are they, they either think it was an object that was captured by the earth like an object that was floating around in space and Earth's gravity kind of sucked it in and put it in orbit. Mm-hmm. Or they think that something hit the Earth and then the fra- fragments of that thing that hit the Earth and the chunks of Earth that fell off reformed into the moon. Sure. There are serious problems with both theories. And even if we were to go with the captured space object one, which is the one that I'm kind of leaning towards based on what I've studied, the fact that it exists in the orbit that it does is so impossible for it to end up in the orbit that it does that a lot of scientists almost write that off as a natural phenomenon. They say that that it's too coincidental for the earth to capture it in such a way considering the size of the earth isn't big enough to really capture an object of that size because it's yeah. a lot it's like it's a lot bigger than most other moons most like saturn their moons look like little blips to compare to the size of saturn right and jupiter is the same way and even with mars phobos is like an asteroid basically we got a moon that's like huge compared to the rest of these right so that doesn't make any sense it would have to line up in such a perfect yeah because it's so important to the cycle of the earth and ecosystems and, and things like that so now i mean getting into the cycle of the earth and the ecosystems and all that <laughs> well, not really, but according to the scientist Isaac Asimov, who he's an author, like I got a couple of his like fiction books and they're pretty cool books, but he said that it doesn't, it, it, it's so coincidental that you can't even use the captured object theory as, as an explanation for it being a natural phenomenon, mm-hmm. something that just happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it makes the moon even worse coincidentally is that it, it coincidentally is one four hundredth the size of the sun and almost exactly one four hundredth the size of the sun. So that's a coincidence in and of itself. Why would it be such a precise measurement? Hmm. Now, what makes it even worse is that it sits at one four hundredth on the dot distance between the sun and the earth. So the distance between the earth and the moon is one four hundredth the distance between the earth and the sun. So the moon is one four hundredth the size of the sun and one four hundredth the distance between earth and the sun. Hmm. Now, we have evidence for this because of the solar eclipse have you ever wondered why the moon fits so perfectly over the sun during the solar eclipse where just the corona it can be visible yeah and it completely blocks out that body yeah why do they exist as the same exact size sphere that's interesting it's coincidence beyond coincidence right like, it's unbelievable and a lot of people are like well that's just how moons and suns work everything we've ever studied in terms of planetary bodies even in our system elsewhere anything we have any data for has nothing remotely like this anywhere else mm-hmm. except for the one planet that we know for sure has intelligent life on it and what's interesting too is that the the distance it kind of varies over time and there's evidence that the moon is like either some people are going to say it's trying to come closer i don't know what the data says but it's either moving towards or away from the sun and that would happen over billions of years where it drift away or it would drift closer to the earth right but for the moon to sit exactly where it does at the point in earth's history where intelligent life or humans are able to recognize the fact that it's one four hundredth the size and one four hundredth the distance what are the chances of that like even if it were to just be a natural phenomenon what are the chances that it is in perfect alignment during 
the small, minuscule amount of time that intelligent life has existed on the Earth. Because if the Earth's 4.5 billion years old, intelligent life has existed for, what, 100,000? Mm-hmm. A million, maybe? A couple million? Which is 0.00001% of the amount of time that the Earth has been existing. What makes the moon even crazier is the fact that it's near circular orbit, which, again, is an anomaly in and of itself. It's a complete coincidence that it has this almost perfect circular orbit around the Earth. Mm-hmm. Is the fact that one face faces the earth the entire time and it only wavers just very slightly mm-hmm. like it's almost immeasurable how slightly that, that the moon wavers between this one face facing earth the entire time you always hear about the dark side of the moon mm-hmm. one side of the moon never faces the planet earth that it orbits crazy which again is something that you don't see a whole lot anywhere else in known celestial bodies right so you put all that together coincidences upon coincidences upon coincidences is what the mainstream scientists will tell you it's just a coincidence and it's just another coincidence and it's just another coincidence because we can't explain why all this happens just on earth or just to earth the only planet that has life pat has an explanation though aliens yes the (laughs) the aliens put the moon where the where it is and at one point i couldn't find where i read this but i read at one point that if you take in all the statistical anomalies that the moon has going on for it that we're able to measure and understand and you were to put together the likelihood of all those happening to earth that statistically speaking it's more statistically probable that the moon has been a collective figment of the entire human population's imagination throughout all of history (laughs) than for it to actually actually exist how we understand it to exist damn think about that for a second it's statistically more likely that all of humanity just imagined it to exist than for it to exist how we thought how how we understand it to exist it could just be programmed into our minds it could, could be. it could not it, it probably doesn't exist it could be i don't know i mean we talked about the alien hologram theory it's probably the moon hologram theory you know it's honestly it's all probably just a simulation yeah but i thought that one it, it's baffling to me that's, and you, yeah, really, that's you can't argue with the data that i presented right you can just argue the relevance of it it's insane man now the mainstream media doesn't want us thinking about that type of thing so right they're gonna say just a coincidence just write it off as a coincidence they don't want us thinking at all exactly well <laughs> oh god i could i'm not gonna go in the direction that i want to go but right um i don't understand it anyways yeah so i guess the moon's just one big coincidence and we just have to live with that i guess yeah man that's that's very interesting it's again and earth at this point is still the only verified source of life right but why is it happening here of all the places that it could happen. You know what I mean? Right. All right. So that was That's the moon. That's crazy. That was the moon. That's all I got for coincidences. So let's that, see if you're going to bring you it got, home. You had the cool coincidences. Oh, God. <laughs> so this was a kind of a weird coincidence. So you remember, well, you probably don't remember you weren't alive, but uh, the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. He was assassinated in a car, right? Yes. And so he was assassinated in Sarajevo on June 28th, 1914. Correct. And what's crazy is the car he was in, the license plate, it said, a one 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 eighteen. Yes. So it was A space one 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 space one one Eight. Correct. And what's strange about it is World War One officially ended on the Armistice Day. Armistice Day. Armistice Day. Sorry. And that is the 11th of November, 1918. And it was written as 11-11-18. Which, that one's weird as fuck, too. Like, I don't know what to say about that. How does that happen? I think it was all planned. I honestly think that, you know, honestly, shit, I just had something fire up in my brain. <laughs> if you buy into my secret society theories about everything... 
World War One looked like it was secretly manipulated by secret societies the entire time and put into motion the entire time because it was just alliances upon alliances upon alliances and everybody started calling their banners basically once your guy Archduke Ferdinand got assassinated maybe and obviously it looks like his assassination was completely planned the entire time because they knew that was going to be the whole thing that was going to set off the entire thing right maybe somebody in the know put him in the car and put that license plate on his car it's possible now it's also interesting too is license plates in 1918 i didn't realize that they had license plates back then that's kind of weird to me yeah especially like like an like i can understand in america maybe here but there i don't know where was sarah wave was that serbia or was that bosnia i can't remember it was in the the baltics sure i can't remember what country because all those countries and they all changed names over the years i can't remember what country that was i can't remember either because he was was he austrian or was he austrian he was austrian he was austrian but still like that's a random ass place and cars weren't a big thing back then right there probably weren't that many cars why would you have to have a license plate that's right you probably just could have had a five or six yeah five or six (laughs) digits that one's really weird that's crazy i think it's i think that's secret societies right there could be if but again we just have to live with the fact that it's a coincidence all right so you got another one i have one more cool now you know mark twain yes you see this one yes god damn it i think i've seen all <laughs> of uh, like like you said i mean there there really wasn't that much yeah <laughs> i thought this was gonna be a deep one and i feel like i've it done research be. on this before and i had a lot more information so a, a comet called Halley's comet periodically returns to earth it's like it's around every 75 years yeah give or take a few years yep but mark twain was born during one of the periods where Halley's comet was coming through yep. it was november 30th 1835 and he predicted his own death 74 years later he said and he's he predicted this in 1909 saying and this was his quote it will be the greatest disappointment in my life if I don't go out with Haley's Comet. The Almighty has said, no doubt. Now here are these two unaccountable freaks. They come in together, they must go out together. And his prediction came through. He that died is, April 21st, 1910. That one is kind of creepy. 75 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, crazy. Coincidence, definitely. definitely. I don't know if there's anything behind that one or not. Like, do you think that he could have had his death planned so that he died on that day? I wouldn't. That wouldn't surprise me. Because even back then, 75 was, you're, you're up there. Yeah. Definitely. Because that was back when, like, all these presidents died in their 50s and 60s back then. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah, 75, you're, you're, you could die on any day, basically. Definitely. Was it planned? I'm not going to go so far as to say it was planned. Coincidence, definitely. Well, we might have to look into how he died because I don't know how he died. Yeah, I don't was know it? how he died either. I forget how he died. But he ended up but... living, like, 75 years. And I think he had, like, his last book, I think, it was, like, Connecticut Yankee and King Arthur's Court, mm. which I read that one back in grade school. Mm-hmm. I think that was his last book. And it was, that one was kind of weird because it was, like, like more modern than you think about Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. Mm-hmm. And this book's a lot more modern than that. Right. So Anyway, that's a good one. Mark Twain. Oh, yeah. That's all I have for coincidences, man. Samuel Clemens, I think was his real name. I thought Mark Twain was his real name, and that was his, uh, what you call it, pseudonym. No, his real name was Samuel Clemens. Oh, well, that I, was his real name? Yeah. I think you Mar- sure? Mark Twain, I think he got that name from, like, being on a boat on the Mississippi River. Hmm. Like, they would yell out, like, they'd measure stuff, and they'd yell, like, Mark Twain. <laughs> I, think that's where the, I think that's where they got that from. Hmm. Don't quote me on that won't quote you no, i thought his real name was samuel clemens we gotta look know. that up now let me look it up okay google time here we go yeah samuel langhorn clemens okay yep you're right no by his pen name mark twain cool yeah i'm a know-it-all he he was born in florida missouri <laughs> but yeah that's all i got man 
Anyway, so we finished up our discussion on coincidences. And me and Ben have been talking, and I think, or we decided, me and Ben have decided that for our next episode, and we're probably going to do this for a little bit, we are going to be drawing our topic out of a hat. So me and Ben, we got our minds together, and we came up with, I don't know, a handful of different topics that we're interested in doing over the course of the next month or two. And we're going to reveal episode 42's topic live on the air. Wow, isn't that crazy, guys? Isn't that exciting? We're, we're mixing them up. He's I got can't him. see him. I'm not looking. He's got them all organized and what's going to happen is we're going to be drawing one out of the top out of the out of a hat or whatever i don't know how we're doing this don't mind my hair oh lord there there we go we're gonna we're gonna let pat draw it you hear it guys so ben's mixing it up and we're gonna find out what our next topic is for episode 42 so you guys got something to look forward to are we ready all right, I'm Pat. Not looking. Pat's not looking. First one I'm touching. First one I'm touching. Oh my gosh. Oh lord. Oh no. Crazy medical mysteries or miracles. All right. Is a topic for next week. So next week in episode 42 of the show, we're going to be discussing crazy medical mysteries and miracles. So, so that'll be fun. I think that'll be a good one. That's going to be fun. And it's going to give our listeners an opportunity to do some listener engagement. If you guys have any crazy medical mysteries or miracles, tweet us at 30 in the. Yes. Please tweet us at 30 in the if you got any. Or post some to our Facebook page. Or yes, on the Facebook. That might be a little bit easier for some people. Uh, we got like 14 likes on Facebook. So we're doing Solid. pretty good. Solid. It wasn't the best week for listens but it wasn't a bad week. We're closing in on 1,800 hits overall. It's so awesome. So that's pretty good. Um, Crazy Medical Mysteries is going to be the episode next week. Uh, I think this episode went really well, honestly. I think so. All things considered. Yeah, it was really good. I thought like we had some good material. I kind of winged it last minute, but I'm happy with you did a good job. what we came up with. You had you had the cool stories. <laughs> Don't know what that was, but I thought it was a good episode. So I think so, too. We appreciate you guys listening. Please check us out on Facebook. Please check us out on Twitter. At 30 in the... Please tell everybody you know about the show. Please, like we said, spread the word. Spread the word. Be a little forceful. And any type of, uh, you know, review or comment or anything like that, just give us a good review. Let us know. Or just be honest. Let us know how we're doing. We take criticism, all right? I'd we say. definitely do. Uh, the comments, honestly, that I've heard have been good. A lot of people have said that they've liked the material. Good. And if you guys have any comments, even on any of our older episodes, and if you're a new listener, be sure to check out our old stuff. Like we said, it's not really something you got to really listen to in order. So you can kind of pick and choose based on your interests as to what you want to listen to it should all be funny stuff it should all be pretty entertaining oh yeah so we thank you very much guys for listening we couldn't do without you yeah thank you so much guys but i think it's about time to sign off on this week's episode so please check us out i think that'll wrap it up so peace (laughs) my parents that is so funny my parents were so pissed (laughs) (laughs) they were like how did we not see this before you turned this in they were so upset That's about so that. so funny. They were like, you could have put anybody down there. You put Sir <laughs> Alec and they were taking my parents were upset. They were taking it like really seriously. That's a, that's a good. It's, that's not a bad answer though. An old man Kenobi. And they were like, we need to watch. We need to check his schoolwork from that now on. That's so basically. funny. Anyways, that is so funny. Anyways, so Sir Alec Guinness back in 1955. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just hilarious. I can just picture Tim just writing it down. Like, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Like, I apologize. It's not Harrison Ford. It's not Mark Hamill. It's got to be Sir Alec Guinness. Right. He's the most influential person in his life. <laughs> I And I guess the only other option would have been like Ian McDermott. Right. Or somebody like that. Or uh, who played Count Dooku? Oh, Lord, how the hell am I blanking on this? He was a knight Christopher, too. Christopher. 
Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Christopher. <sighs> oh, my goodness. How can we remember Walken? this? Walken? No. <laughs> Christopher, <laughs> the hell is his name, How dude? How the hell? Because he played Count Dooku, he played Saruman, he played Lee. Christopher, Christopher Lee. Lee. Yes, yes. <laughs> he is good. He's he's so great. <laughs> Shit. Anyways, back to this. Uh, back to this coincidence. The assassination of Archduke Fran Franz <clears throat> Fernandad. <laughs> Are you right there, dude? I'm good. You can go get you some water. I'm good. I'm out of water, but I had a, I had a saliva go down the oh, wrong pipe. God. God. So the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. No. <laughs> Am I saying it wrong? Franz Ferdinand. Ferdinand. It's just the way I have it. It's, there's no S at the end of it. It's just the way I have it uh, yeah. <laughs> written down right here. Yeah, okay. Sorry. That was. I thought that was a really good episode, honestly. <laughs> it's not over with yet. We're still going. We got to do our little event yet. Yeah. So um, So that, that was coincidences. Ben, were you happy with that discussion? Yeah, I was I thought really it happy. came together pretty well, considering... Now, I think you've got one more underneath your foot. I thought I saw you drop one. Are you going to be able to get there? Don't hurt yourself now. Was that one or was that just a scrap of paper? No, that's one. Okay. Now, we've got to crumple these up quite a bit. Now, how do we want to do this? We need to have... Okay. So, we finished up our discussion with... Here, I'll just fold them. Okay. We finished up our discussion with, what was our topic? Coincidences. With with coincidences. <laughs> we finished. So we finished up our discussion with coincidence. <laughs> what the fuck is this? What did that say? <laughs> Bizarre what? Bizarre sports. Bizarre sports. All right. I'll tell you what, I should probably be the one drawing it out and reading it because I can only read my handwriting. God, this is going to be a fucking disaster to edit. Anyway, so we finished up our discussion on coincidences. 